Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series, Herd Immunity. Here's Pastor Geshom sharing today's message. Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to meet with you again in this Church Online experience and I'm so honored to be sharing God's Word with you. Uh, for all of us who've been following through this entire series that we've started called The Herd Immunity, we would have been seeing so many aspects of what God's actually calling us to be with regards to a community. We saw over uh, the last couple of weeks how we, our faith that we have has to express itself in love and through that we also saw how we can't be just uh, consumers of uh, this gospel that is uh, not just meant for each and every one of us, but has to be contributed out to many others. We also saw how we have to be a joyful community. And these are aspects of the community that uh, if each of us can individually apply to our own lives, we will automatically, as a community itself, will start showcasing this to the outside world. So in being a joyful community, we saw how we have to have that recurring joy always, how we can uh, have that recognizable joy and how we should have that resolute joy. And so today we are going to step into the next part of uh, this uh, series and we are calling it as how we can be a humble community. In today's world, one thing that we all struggle with individually is probably this aspect of pride. Uh, when I look at pride, it's one of those arcade games where you, where these toddlers get to play, where this monkey just pops, keeps popping up here and there and they hit it with a hammer. And oftentimes it's like that, you know, it, uh, pride creeps in and then, you know, takes its, builds its tower right in um, our own lives personally. And then sometimes it comes in between our marriages, you know, we are, where, and then ego starts uh, acting up. It gets into work and it sometimes gets the better of us. And sometimes in a group of people, it or now and then, you know, it keeps coming and it's a struggle because we know if we uh, let go of it, would people think less of me? And there's, there's that constant struggle. And so today, even as we see this thing of how we can be a humble community, to be a humble community means that we, as every believer within the community, have to exhibit uh, humility in any sort, you know, and in every sort. And that automatically makes our community become humble. And uh, if you look into the Bible, there's one thing that God completely detests, and that is pride. Because uh, where pride comes, that it actually makes this wall between uh, him and between us, you know, and then we struggle to have the relationship with him till that wall comes crumbling down. And so today, we're going to see into this aspect of how we can be uh, this humble community in the place that God's called us to be. It starts from our own lives, how we can set our lives right, and in turn, how we as a community can be humble. And so the first thing we're going to see is to be a humble community is how we can cast away all our pride-filled opinions. Reading from uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4 uh, from the Passion Translation and goes on to say, Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become our motivation. If I had to ask you, uh, what are we actually proud of? 
each of us will have different aspects. For some, uh, it could be uh, their family lineage. For some, it could be, especially for men, I think it's what we kind of like do with the hands, you know, the work of our hands, the produce that our hands actually uh, has toiled for. Or it could be even sometimes uh, the name that we've created for ourselves, or it can be uh, our standing in society, or it, or it could be even what worth we bring into a group, you know, it could it could be varied. And so today we need to look into our own lives and see if we have prideful opinions. Prideful opinions, when I say for me personally, uh, it started like way back when I actually started video editing. And then automatically as I started doing one, two and three and four. And after that, what happened is uh, some sort of a pride started coming about the work that I do. And I think it's good to be, um, uh, you know, it's it's good to be like, you know, confident of what you're doing. But this pride actually kind of like kicked in and started, I became opinionated. You know, I started, um, you know, I started looking at the people who actually were asking me to do work a little lesser. I started saying, okay, I mean, this is all I can do for you. You know, my attitude towards them changed. I, I started looking at them a little inferior and then God had to really shake me up. And, you know, so what happened was I still remember those shoots which I had gone in confidently knowing that, hey, you know what, I can do this. Something or the other started, you know, falling apart. Either my card just jammed and didn't record anything or the battery gave up on me or, you know, something in the venue just didn't click. And then I realized, you know what, I can't take pride in this. This is God given and I just need to ask God to come into this equation. And oftentimes when we have pride filled opinions, there is no room for God. God is not in that equation at all. And I say equation, it's because when God is in that mix, is when we see, start seeing people, we start seeing things around us, we start seeing um, the, the real need around us because God is in that mix. And I want to take us to this passage in the Bible, uh, which a lot of us are familiar with because it's a standalone passage in Genesis where uh, the people gathered around and they started building this huge tower and it's called the Tower of Babel. And I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. Do follow with me. And it goes on to say, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Sihar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. To give you a context uh, before this whole incident that happened was uh, the whole earth was just wiped out. God was really angry and God had you know, rescued Noah and his family. And so Noah and his family started occupying and, you know, um, uh, occupying the this new earth that was just washed, literally washed, you know. And they all spoke one language. And so it says here, they all gathered here together. And it's nice because everyone loves unity. But when unity is there and when God is not in the mix, the agenda is completely different. The agenda here was just, let's build something big. Let's bring something tall that will reach the heavens so that people who look from anywhere will know that this is us. How true is it, you know, in our own lives that when we don't allow or have God in anything and everything that we do, 
we are actually just creating an inflated thing of all about us. And today God is probably reminding us, hey, you know what? I want you to get rid of that pride-filled opinion. Because when pride is there, opinions is there. And when opinions are there, a sense of arrogance that comes. And you'll notice time and again in the Old Testament, when God's people who actually followed God, who loved God with all their heart, when they stepped into different uh, things that God had called them to do, after a while they became too confident and then a sense of arrogance comes. And then when that kicks in, what happens is they already they start swaying away from God. They start doing things what pleases them and not what pleases God. And so it's a constant reminder. You read through Proverbs, you read through Psalms, you read and you see that all God kind of like advises his people is, don't be proud. It says, don't be stiff-necked. You know, he keeps calling his people, you stiff-necked people. Because time and again, he had to prove to these people that he's God. The entire walk through the desert for 40 years, they kept complaining and complaining. They didn't believe in the sovereignty of God. They kept trying him out like this person. Hey, God, can you do this? Can you do this? No, but God actually wanted them to see the bigger picture. Hey, I'm God. You bring me into this, I'll... Turn things around for you in ways that you cannot imagine. There's a beautiful verse in Proverbs chapter 8, which goes on to say, Wisdom pours into you when you begin to hate every form of evil in your life. From that is what worship and fearing God is all about. Then you will discover that your pompous pride and perverse speech are the very ways of wickedness that I hate. And so today, are we willing to lean into God's wisdom? When we lean into God's wisdom, we can set ourselves away from prideful opinions. Today, let's imagine if we as a community, if a few of us you know, showcase these prideful opinions, we will actually not allow everyone to come into our community. Or the very people who we are longing for to come in, we'll be highly opinionated. We'll say, you know what, that person just doesn't look. Oh, they don't dress like this. Oh, they, they say this. Oh, this is where they were yesterday. Oh, this is what they are... Instagram profile says, oh, this is what? No. In fact, if you look at the entire thing in the New Testament when Jesus was on this earth, he actually was battling against prideful opinions of the very people that he came to save. And then Jesus beautifully says, hey, I didn't come for the person who's doing well. I came for the sick. I came for the lost. And today, we don't want that. We don't want to be a community where people don't see God at the end of it. They need to see God through us. That's how I love how uh, the Bible constantly keeps encouraging us. You know, don't be proud. Don't be proud. Be humble. Walk. You know, Proverbs, many a times Solomon has written. It's easy to get for a man who knew, you know, who probably had the most, uh, was the most intelligent person on the face of the earth at that time, which amongst men, God actually had given him that wisdom. And he says, you know, Run away from being proud. And today, what can, or what is it God's actually causing us? I, I mean, for me personally, when I was preparing this, God was reminding me so many aspects. Why I have so many opinions. And God was kind of like saying, you know, you need to ask uh, for forgiveness. And many a times, we need to ask for forgiveness so that God can change us. And I'm going to read again from another scripture from uh, the Old Testament of a prophet called Obadiah. It's uh, alone. It's probably the shortest uh, uh, book because there's this one chapter in the book. And uh, Obadiah is actually this lone prophet 
who God sends to the Edomites. And this is what God tells and warns the Edomites. So can we just read from Obadiah chapter 1 verses 3 to 4. It goes on to say in NIV, The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If there's one thing that God doesn't want his children to have is have pride as high as this. So Obadiah was sent to speak to these Edomites. The Edomites are basically descendants from Esau. And you can see why it's important for us today. Um, I don't know how many of you as parents will realize that, you know, you just can't make choices randomly. You have to make choices, you know, um, put into thought and perspective and understand, you know what, today what I do, my children are going to follow. And so Esau here, if you notice when you read through Genesis, you'll see that Esau didn't actually honor his parents. His parents didn't want him to actually be associated and get a wife from a particular tribe, but he did. And that kind of like stirred him away from knowing God. And automatically what happened is his entire lineage actually just fell away from God's grace because they were constantly attacking Israel. They were constantly, you know, in uh, uh, drawing battle lines to actually just fight it out. And they were proud. They were, and does God bless them? God did bless them. I mean, they were fruitful. They multiplied. They tried everything out of their own strength. And oftentimes we will build so many things out of our own strength. We can do all of that. But will it have a lasting impact? Will it have actually uh, benefit God's kingdom? I doubt it. And so this is what God tells the uh, Obadiah and Obadiah goes and warns them and says, hey, you need to repent. You need to get rid of this pride that has filled you so much. And so today, can we as a community, as can we as a church, honestly look to God and say, God, if there's any prideful opinions in us individually, can you please break it? It has to be broken. It has to be crushed. Yes, time and again, we will be, we'll have that pride kick in. But time and again, we'll have to repent. Even as we saw the series before this detox, repentance is a continuous lifelong journey. We have to add it in. And so if we want to have a legacy where we want to pass on, let us pass on something to our kids and something to this community that God's calling us to build. Let us pass on saying, hey, let us be a humble community. And so today, let's uh, move into this place of releasing all our pride-filled opinions at the feet of Jesus and say, God, here they are. Break it. Use me so that I'll be able to see and be this humble community that you are calling me to be. The second thing that God's calling us as a humble community is to carry a servant's heart. And so we're going to read from uh, Mark chapter 10 verses 43 to 45 in the Passion Translation and goes on to say, you are to lead by a different, Jesus goes on to say this, you are to lead by a different model. If you want to be the greatest one, then live as one called to serve others. The path to promotion and prominence comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the son of man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. Today, as we are called, Jesus says, you know, I came into this world not to be served. So today in church, in our community, we don't actually 
we're not part of a community to actually have people come in and say, you know what, we want to serve you. No, we are here to serve them. Why are we here to serve them? Because we love God, because he's given us that mercy. And today, uh, an interesting um, um, aspect of a servant, you know, if you if you realize the, just uh, go through a lot of the uh, New Testament scripts, you'll understand that um, they constantly keep uh, telling, you know, uh, master and slave and all that. And you see this bond servant word being used here and you realize that um, a servant takes delight in the mercy that is shown by the master. And so if we are called to be bond servants, why are we called bond servants? And bond servants, basically here in this context is, you know, Jesus has paid this price. And the minute we accept Jesus into our lives and the minute we accept his salvation, we automatically become bond servants. Not in the thing that we are we have to work our way to salvation. No, Jesus does not, you know, want us to like, you know, you have because I've given you salvation, I lay down your price, you need to do X, Y, Z. No. But we out of the love, because we know whatever we do cannot match that. We try in every way, God, here is this is my service to you. This is what I would love to do. This is how I can showcase. And so the bond servant uh does anything and everything out of love. It's because of the mercy that they've received from God. A uh, lot of us, especially in the Indian community who are living here, have a maid who comes and helps, who has a, a, you know, a help who comes and you know, does something around the house for us. And so if you notice in them, one characteristic trait is the minute you show mercy, they are, oh, they, they just, they want to do even more for you. You know, they want, you know, when you're kind to them, they want to, and so that's that, that relationship. They they don't they don't they don't expecting anything but just the fact that you know we treat them as equals we treat them and you know and we um, look after them they kind of like want to give back and that's the same equation here because God saved us from the pits of hell from that our eternity has been saved He's given us life you're going to spend eternity with Him and so that bond that nature of the bonds is God I'll do anything and everything so that I can please you and so today to be that humble community. Can we be a bond servant? Can we be a servant, you know, who has, uh, who's willing to serve no matter what, whatever the circumstance? Uh, reading from First Timothy chapter one, verse fifteen to seventeen. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners. Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We are all recipients of Christ's mercy. Paul tells Timothy, hey, you know what? I am the worst of sinners. I was targeting his believers. I was, you know, persecuting them. But God in his mercy saved me. So today, when we are called to be a humble community, we are asked to carry a servant's heart. Let us give that mercy that we've received. Let's extend it out to others. Extend it out to others so that they'll have salvation. As Paul says that he's been a recipient of mercy, can we extend that mercy, the same mercy that we've received from Christ, when we've received salvation, can we extend it to the people who come? So that when they come and they'll see Christ in all of us. First Peter goes on to say like this, verse 5, verse 6 to 7 says, In the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant, because God resists you when you are proud, 
but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Today, why is it we struggle with anxiety a lot? Is because most of the time when we actually uh, we try controlling everything within ourselves by ourselves we try you know moving things here and there we try you know governing uh, certain uh, relationships the way we think are right but when we put on the garment of a humble servant what happens is we allow god into that mix and when god comes into that he'll work it out and so what may not look like our timeline in his timeline he will lift us up and that's what it's very encouraging uh, to actually read it says God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. It cannot get any clearer than this. And so, for me personally, I'm always challenged by the people around me. Uh, you know, to have the servant's heart. In 2018, I got to be part of this conference which I was uh, producing, uh, and so we had worked for like four or five months straight through uh, over various uh, Zoom calls and everything. But being there in person, it was the global Anglican. Uh, fellowship of church then and so basically it was a gathering of all the anglican uh, church leaders in jerusalem and so there were around 2000 people odd and so the uh, my role as a producer required me to be there a few days earlier as we were getting things ready and so in my team i had a lot of uh, local um, you know contractors and guys who were working on the sound the light and everything but one of the person who actually has to handle um, the pro present or the the lyrics and everything that goes on screen is usually a volunteer or someone who actually is within the community of believers of that gathering who says you know what i would love to do it and you know and so um, I, i still remember talking to the person who's convening this entire thing and you know he said geshum i have a volunteer for you he's coming all the way from virginia and i was like you know i was uh, usually it's typically uh, a young person who's really enthusiastic and you know and here i have this 65 year old person who is a reverend who pastors his own church of 500 600 odd in virginia who's a father who's a grandfather and he comes you know and over the next uh, initial few days before the conference started i ran him through the entire program we did a couple of mock runs and then for the next 6 days we went through this entire conference the 10 days of the duration of the conference i was always like you know what when i grow old i want to be like this when i am 65 i need to go out there and still serve i want to go and be like him you know who's um, secure in who god's called him to be that he doesn't have to be actually having a platform to serve but he's still willing to sit here day in and which means because the 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 he didn't mind coming we'll be usually the first ones to go in and the last ones to come out that was what our work entails but he did it gracefully he did it with all humility and you know i was like so challenged and i thank god that he gives us this experiences of who he wants us to be even as we get older so today who is god calling you to be with and you'll only learn that within a group or within a community of believers the minute you start serving when you put on this apron of being a humble servant when you understand as a born servant what it means to have that mercy you'll start serving god in everything that you can i love this beautiful quote which spencer w kimwell has said humility is royalty without a crown how true is it no for this story for this pastor who was willing to serve he didn't want recognition but he said you know what i'm here to serve so that the entire conference is blessed the bigger picture matters today the real in our life really matters 
are we making it all about ourselves or is it going to be about this community that God's building so that day when he gathers we as in not just as one community but but as an entire body of Christ will be able to experience eternity with him i love how uh, it goes on to say in the scriptures that you know we uh, in first peter chapter 4 verse 19 it says so then those who suffer according to god's will should commit themselves to the faithful creator and continue to do good so today our biggest worry when we put on this when we hear the word have a servant's heart or a bond slave or all this when we get to hear these words we you know we we are scared that we might get trampled on that people might you know just squish us or the worries of the world will just you know and we'll be persecuted and you know we'll be um, you know shamed or you know there'll be something bad that will happen that's why i read this verse from first peter which says so then those who suffer according to god's will should commit themselves to the faithful creator and continue to do good because we will get trampled on we will get um, misread you know people will uh, not understand us completely but let us do it like how we're doing it unto god peter constantly challenges saying you know if there's anything that you're suffering in this world let it be uh, take it on as joyful because god already has suffered so much greater for us there's nothing big enough that will happen and more worse enough that can happen he's already done it and all that we have as an end result is that through that we'll spend eternity with him through that he's still sovereign and god allows that sometimes to shape us that's why today any hardship that you're going through god is still in with you in that hardship he's not forgotten you he's there to remind you hey i'm still here with you will you persevere through because at the end of it the fruit that comes out of all that hardship is going to be something beautiful and that is what god will use for his glory so even as i conclude i would love to leave you with this quote which i read which goes on to say the most powerful weapon to conquer the devil is humility for as he does not know at all how to employ it neither does he know how to defend himself from it and so as a community when we are humble it says beautifully in the scriptures that we are uh, treasures in jars of clay and so when we as individuals exhibit humility in everything when we don't have prideful opinions and when we carry a servant's heart god will actually use all of that to actually change not just us but actually as a group he would allow us to change and impact our community satan's one biggest drawback was the fact that he didn't know how to handle his pride his pride became his downfall and from day one when he started working on earth deceiving mankind the one thing he kept inducing mankind is that you can be bigger than god you can do something and so, so today god is like warning us to put on this uh, apron as it says in the scriptures of a humble servant so even today as you're watching if you do not know this jesus he's willing to come into your life he's willing to change you inside out you might be wondering who is this jesus that you're talking about that we have we are called to live this life and we are called to be his light and example jesus is the savior of the world he died on the cross for you and me why did he die on the cross because we uh, were born in sin we came into this world in sin we you know uh, mankind sinned and jesus was his perfect sacrifice we had this relationship with god but because of sin it kind of like built a wall you know between us and god and then when jesus came into this world who was a perfect sacrifice 
he died on our behalf and he just didn't die his death broke the wall but he rose again on the third day and he is god and it's because of him we have this direct access to god that when we call on his name he will come through and today i don't know what your need is or what you're struggling with but if you can bring jesus into that mix if you can make him lord and op- and with your mouth declare that he is god over your life he will do something beautiful in and through you so if you want to make jesus the lord and personal savior of your life can you repeat this prayer with me dear loving heavenly father thank you for sending your son into this world i am a sinner thank you that jesus was the perfect sacrifice who died on my behalf thank you for his death on the cross and i believe on the third day he rose again jesus come into my heart i make you lord god and savior over my life in your most holy name i pray amen amen thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life